Hello everyone, and welcome to Story Germ. Welcome back to Story Germ, actually. Um, it's been exactly one year ago today since I last released an episode for Story Germ. I know, I know, I have no real excuse except laziness. I am a bit of a procrastinator, or a serial procrastinator, actually. Um, the, the truth is, I, I decided to actually change formats. We're no longer doing this show as a... A uh, show where we take a germ of an idea for a movie and flesh it out to a full-fleshed movie idea. I'm actually going to use this uh, this show as more of an audio blog to tell stories and uh, in a sort of a narrative format because I feel like that is the best way to tell stories for for podcasting. So I present to you our first story. This is actually an episode I did for another podcast I do called uh, Lucha Undead Top Beer. Where we literally drink beer and we talk about it. Um, I went out to a brewery and I recorded it and I edited it into a sort of narrative style format, which I present to you today. And I really hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to be doing more of this, as in going to try to be doing it every single week. So here you go. Here's the episode where I visit Birthed Brewing Company, which originally was presented to you on our top beer show. Hope you enjoy. Um, this is this is the first time I've uh, I've done something like this uh, for this uh, podcast. I haven't I've been meaning to do it for a while. I just uh, you haven't gone to any breweries yet. No, I'm I, sitting I, in a brewery in Berthoud, Colorado. Do you mostly just drink beer as far as like alcoholic drinks, or do you like also drink hard stuff or wine? Um, Berthoud's a small town about 50 miles north of Denver. So I wanted to ask you. It's uh, first of all, I hope it's not too dumb of a question. Um, is it Berthoud or Berthoud? Berthoud. Berthoud. I found this place while driving into Berthoud for work. I saw I saw this. I, I don't know about you guys because I was here a few weeks ago for work. Okay. And I was driving and I, I saw, saw your saw your trailer. I was like, oh, there's a there's a brewery here. And I didn't think there would be because it's yeah. such a small town. We're doing something a little different this week. So I hope you don't mind. Um, I just want so we do as I was telling we do a podcast called Top Beer. I this week I'm visiting the Berthoud Brewing Company. Alright, so I just got into Berthoud. Uh It's a small town. I really like it. It's like a, something out of a movie with a small main street with all the storefronts. Like old school looking storefronts, I guess you could say. Uh, I, really, I really like small towns like this. It really has a, a character. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Berthoud Brewing. Alright, here we go. Just gotta stretch my legs out for a second. Tap room, it says. Hi. How you doing, Jesse? Adrian, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Adrian. Uh, so we got old box car flooring that we used out of a, like formerly uh, Coors cars. Nice. For the flooring in here for the bar top. Yeah, it's neat. We actually pulled this up for the sign here. There's a main. You see that uh, that big grain mill on the way into town? Yeah, yeah. That has like the big portrait on it. So I actually went up to the top of that building and got that sign out of there. Nice. So that was that for, like 
from the city or something? Or it was it... actually on the old bank in town, like in the 50s. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got a little piece of history in here. That's right. With, with that and with, with all this? Yeah, absolutely. Like personal history. Cool. So yeah, so I mean, if yeah. you want to just tell me a little bit about since we're here, I mean, uh, how did you guys uh, how did you guys start this brewery? Like, how did that how did that what was that process like? Uh, that's kind of an interesting story. We had a guy that came to us with the idea for a brewery and was looking for a bar top originally, and um, I was talking to him in the shop about selling him this bar top, and I just kind of kept selling stuff, kept selling stuff, and then he had an investor back out. He's like, I can't afford your stuff anymore. So dad's like, oh, why don't you make us a partner in it? And we'll supply the whole interior of your uh, brewery. So that's kind of how we got into it. And then a year and a half down the line, we decided that we were going to uh, proceed forward with another brewer and um, bought him out with another partner, with a new partner now, and uh, got new brewer, Kelly Lynch, who's been outstanding for us. So Okay. Um, so what year was that? What year was it you guys started? Uh, we opened in June of 2014. 2014, okay. So you guys are fairly new then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just hit two years in September. Well, it's our grand opening anniversary in September, so. Nice. Um, what, um, or why did you guys choose to do it here in Bertha? Uh, it's kind of where our roots are, really. I mean, we all live in Bertha now. I've been in Bertha for almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's just, uh found a good spot here so Jesse showed me around the brewery explaining a bit of the process so what's in here what are we looking at in here uh, this is our keg storage our bright tanks so after the beer is kicked off the fermenters we move into these bright tanks to basically that's in the name right brighten the beer clear it up and um, carbonate get it ready for serving so we actually do serve off a lot of these tanks okay Right now he's kicking off the stout. We ran into the brewmaster himself, so Kelly Lynch. It looks like how, long is, how long is this process total? Like, just just for this part. Um, we, the mash uh, we we mash for one hour, um, and then we do a uh, circulation to uh, kind of clarify the the word a bit um, for about fifteen. And then we transfer is an hour, and then we boil for an hour and a half. Um, so so right there you've got uh, about three and a half. Four hours. The first thing I wanted to know about was their lineup of beers. But even before that, I was really curious about the art. Um, how do you guys like decide like your aesthetic as far as like the art for the the beer labels and and for the sign? Like, how do you guys how do you guys like do all that? Uh, the art is actually a, a guy named Alex Carmona, based out of Greeley. Uh, it's a friend of my brother-in-law, and he just does like a lot of hot rod shows and stuff. Right now, he's actually going to Tokyo to be involved in the hot rod show there and uh so he's he's a heck of an artist had a chance to move down to austin and do that but ended up staying here so we were very lucky for that you know nice. happy to have him here he actually did this uh yeah, this I love, piece I love with the two art. tattooed I, arms i saw that the, uh, when i saw you guys logo i was like that's really cool so yeah. how do you guys choose the names for your beers? Um, always been interested. In how breweries <laughs> go about that? Is there, um, is there a story behind the name? Yeah, or I mean, just a, kind of a lot of them are named after kind of the local, um, like like the eighteen eighty eight yeah. is the. And that didn't really get its name until like the day after it came out. We decided yeah, that <laughs> finally. One, yeah, that one. Uh, we had a lot, lot of, of names. <laughs> a lot of names for that one. Was oh, it sort of my commission, sort of like? What do you guys think of this um, name? It's just bit. kind of yeah. Tap, Tap room staff input, owners yeah. input, some of my input. You know, it's it's yeah. It's, it's we start at the top of the list. There's the 1888 Blondale, or as they like to call it, 
Bud Wright. Yeah, that's kind of a... I'll get to try Bud Wright later. Spoiler, it's pretty damn good. I learned something new about Kosh and ghosts, and mostly that they aren't the same thing, and how ghost is actually pronounced. Ghost? Ghost. G-O-S-E. Oh, oh, right. Um, go, Goza. Because um, I've heard the... Goza is also made with... Um, I, I believe that is also made with an ale yeast, but it's... Uh, Hearing Kelly describe the beers made me think of him as a less of a brewer and more of a, a beer alchemist. Uh, it actually, the, the profile on that one um, is, is kind of a, a little bit of a salty character. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And it tends to be more, a little bit more fruit forward, yeah. I believe. Yeah. As interesting as this all was, I yeah, would be lying if I said I didn't feel yeah. a little bit out of my element. <laughs> so, Hearing yeah. Kelly talk yeah. really made me realize just how much work goes into it all. And making the beer was just part of it. Yeah, after yeah after brew day, I mean, we go through and we, we clean our, our mash and, and kettle, and then any tank that's empty, you know, is, is immediately cleaned. And then anytime you put, uh, you know, fresh wort into a, a vessel like a fermenter, it's always sanitized before you, you know, transfer that into that vessel. And there is, of course, one process to the whole operation I was pretty familiar with, the tasting. Uh, I knew IPAs had hops in them. <laughs> I knew I didn't like English IPAs because they're too sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is an area I could definitely relate to Jesse a lot. Did you did you have like a like sort of that moment in your life when like you drank like the obviously like the mainstream beers like Bud Light, Coors, and whatever, and then you kind of like graduated to like more different. I remember my first like you know twelve pack of Bush Light, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, actually the first craft beer I ever had was either Ranger or Dales. Oh, okay. Because they happened on the same night, so I'm trying to remember which one. And I hated it. <laughs> That's the first hoppy beer I ever drank. I was like, this is freaking terrible. Yeah. This is so bad. I drink one. You know, being from where I'm from, you don't turn down a free drink. Because mm-hmm. it's rude. Yeah. So I drank it. I'm like, oh, that was just awful. This guy hands me another one. I'm like, oh, great. I drink that. I was like, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's not, it's terrible, but... And then the third one, I was like, I love this beer. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to drink these all the time. I remember when I was in college and I turned 21. I'm going to grab three to drink with you. All right, perfect. Um, I remember, like, I turned 21 and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy my first six, my first 12-pack of beer. And I, I bought Bud Light Select, thinking, oh, this is like... <laughs> Ooh, this is a premium. This is their fancy stuff. That's a Bud Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't even think they sell anymore. I, think, I don't uh, think they do. In doing so, I was able to learn more about Jesse's background and the connection to the brewing business. But I'm actually uh, getting ready to go back to Kansas City um, this weekend. And so my dad's very first wood shop he owned in Kansas City. Yeah. Or actually it's South Kansas City. It's a little town called Drexel. It's a town of a thousand. And this guy turned our very first wood shop ever into a brewery. Oh, really? Just like a month ago. And, he, and it's just like a... He's got a little seven barrel system and he's... Got six or seven beers on tap, so I'm so excited to go home and try a beer there. That's awesome. Yeah, my first house, you know. Yeah. My dad actually lives on a farm that was originally meant for growing barley for cores. Mm. So it's kind of cool we have that connection back in the brewery now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was learning all this between tastings, of course. Next up was their 5030 double IPA. Yeah, so which, which one's. Um, so let's go with this darker orange one. Darker one, okay. Almost a coppery color again. Yeah. To look at the That's clarity really of clear, it. Yeah. And again, none of our beer is filtered. It's just that our bird is very critical about everything that he does. Yeah. So. I even learned about Centennial Hops, which, for the record, aren't from Centennial, Colorado. That Centennial, not really known as much of a dank hop like a Simcoe, which I'll give you a little splash of that Rayfield Red, and you'll notice the Simcoe in it right away. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of the hops now can be brewed or not brewed at grown pretty much anywhere like Centennial can be grown in Colorado it can be grown in California it can be grown you know basically the west of the Mississippi I'm not sure about east side if it holds up as well but it can be grown relatively anywhere as far as that one's pretty universal okay. lastly well like not lastly more. lastly I was trying their Hop de Ville. This was a delicious beer, and as a bonus, I got an awesome backstory on it. This is the Hop de Ville. Hop de Ville, okay. Um, we were on a, uh, a research and development day in Fort Collins. Two owners, myself and our brewer, which consisted mostly of us um, hanging out at a few breweries, drinking some beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best kind of research, right? Yeah. It's exactly how you research the product. <laughs> you have to try it. Um, so the Hop DeVille, we were all riding in uh, one of the other's Cadillac. He's got a Cadillac DeVille, like an older one. It's really cool. And uh, we're like, man, this thing is smooth. We should make like a big, hoppy SOB that's just smooth like a, like a Cadillac. <laughs> and so we made the Hop DeVille. <laughs> and that's how that came about. And there's the shirt, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Is that an official shirt of you guys? It yeah. is, yeah. Nice. That is a cool shirt. Yeah, we've got a guy that... Uh, He's got like a 1960 Cadillac Coupe de Ville that's, I mean, it's like 45 feet long. <laughs> it's a boat. Exactly. They're pretty cool. The Hop de Ville, so by the way, the is the is very hoppy. Well, there's eight different kinds of hops. Eight different kinds one. of hops. That's what it is. Yeah. Right and, um, which is pretty extreme. For yeah. And, and it tastes stronger. I mean, I can taste, obviously, it's 11.4. Right. I mean, I can taste how strong it is. Like. Yeah. Yeah. 11.4, it's not a slouch. No. No. <laughs> I don't think I realized the gravity of the situation. I also didn't realize just what gravity means when it comes to brewing beer. Do the how do you what instruments do you guys use to determine the ABV and the IBU? Like, is there do um, the machines have like a? He's thing on it there's a. Oh shoot! How do they measure it? It's got a little. Yeah, it measures the gravity basically of it. Okay. And that like the initial gravity versus what you end up with. And, He'll be able to tell you about that a little more, the science behind it, because he is, we call him the mad scientist, lovingly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Being a has a, you know, biology degree in pharmaceutical science yeah. background, and then moving to fermentation science, he's pretty well versed in all that. <laughs> that's, that's like the perfect thing you need to be a brewer. So yeah, right? Chemistry and biology. And biology yeah. As the beer took its course, I definitely felt more relaxed and, frankly, more at home. My next beer was the Rayfield Red. So, what, which this is the this is the Rayfield, Rayfield Red. Okay. Um, coming in at six point six alcohol and sixty eight IBUs. Yeah. Um, so you, almost as strong as a Deville, but not quite there, right? Uh, it's actually a, it's a lot more bitter. Yeah. Than the Hop Deville, yeah. so impact on your tongue, it, it'll almost feel stronger. Yeah, I really like the color on it too. The color's pretty. It's like a really almost like a fruit punch you'd pick up at the store, right? Yeah. And when you smell it... Jesse talked more about his foray into beer, starting with wine, of all things. It's kind of like the first time you had wine. Oh, yeah. And you were like... You know, I remember the first time I had wine, I was a kid, I was at communion. And my family, like, uh, my aunt and uncle were Catholic. We then talked more about our transition into old age, sort of. It maybe yeah. is one of those things, as you get older, Your taste you learn to change. appreciate it, or yeah. is... It might be an evolutionary change. I, I don't think know. so. I mean, I, I used to hate like onions in my burger and stuff. Right. Now I love it. I love onions. Yeah, I love. Like I, I used to despise it. pickles. I'd pull pickles off my burger or yeah. pickles, no pickles. And, and now, now I can, like, I'm still not a huge fan of the sweetness on my burger because I love the beef flavor. Yeah. 
but I'll, I will eat pickles now. Yeah. It's got to be that because, I mean... I, I, it has to be, right? It has, yeah. is, it, is it evolutionary as it goes, as you get older? Or I've read it, uh, that, that you, your tastes do physically change as you get older, like physiologically. There's something that just kind of evolves as you right? get older. Maybe as people. you become more of a bitter old man, you appreciate the bitter flavors. I, I'm a bitter old man now. It happens quickly. It happens quickly. There were many aspects of running a brewery I learned about, from the day-to-day operations. But I used to be the general manager here, and at one point I was the lead bartender. I'd work five or six nights in a row doing 14-hour days with my other job, but that got too much. To yeah, building flights. Yeah. If you want to come in and drink all of them, like little samples all of them. Yeah. Um, and the reason why you do that is that way, you know, if we're just, if I just throw random five beers in and so you drink a Monk Punch and then a Little Thompson and then a Carter Kolsch and then a 5030 and then a Hop DeVille, if you'd not drink that or you'd not taste the Kolsch because you just drank a Little Thompson. The distribution. We only distribute to about four or five breweries or uh, restaurants right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just with our limited capacity here yeah. for production. But hopefully when we get the extra extra fermenters and we'll be able to double our distribution to at least 10 or 12 restaurants so I'm hoping for. Even mobile canning. So which, uh, I didn't know it was a thing, mobile canning, but apparently yeah. you can actually, my friend Well, what's tough about it right now is you have to have 30 barrels oh, okay. to do mobile canning and we have 23 and a half fermenting barrels. So you're almost there. We're almost there. Almost so there. 30 that, barrels. But. That's the thing I, I never realized is like just how much work goes into doing what you guys do. Me neither. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I got into it. I was like, this will be fun. Yeah. It's brewery. This is going to be great. You just brew the beer. And I was like, oh my God, you work all the time. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, I watched like a... I mean, I used to I used to work like 8 to one thirty at my shop and then come here and work one thirty to 10 at Jeez. the brewery. And I was like, oh my god, these 14-hour days are making me a little nuts. And there was another aspect of running a brewery in the tap room that I hadn't really thought about that much. And that was the human aspect. Have you ever had to, what's the term, 86 of one? What was it? Yes. Yeah, we've had two or three that we've had to ask to leave and not come back. Um, One of which was more difficult because it was a regular, but got in that situation where his wife left him and it all kind of went downhill for him. So. It's a shame. We liked him, but whenever you're being rude to other guests and making it an environment in which it's not relaxing and a place to drink a good beer and listen to good music and yeah. hang out, you have to go. That's got to be the hardest part for running something like this, right? Not, it is. Cause, not even the logistics of doing all this, but like... You know, you legitimately start to care for everybody that comes in here. I mean, they become your friends because you see them, you know, three, four times a week. And as a busy guy, I don't see my friends like twice a month I'm yeah. <laughs> lucky you know yeah. so you start to see these people all the time and then if they get into a bad spot you have to say take a hiatus don't come in here for a while until you get your head right or or kick someone out it, it can hurt a little bit cause it's, oh for sure you know it's not a fun thing to do I'm a people pleaser I don't like to ask people not to come hang out yeah <laughs> I left Berthet Brewing slightly buzzed, slightly hungry because I hadn't eaten, and slightly more knowledgeable on how a brewery is run. I also left with a couple of tips for some beers to try, thanks to Jesse. Oh man, I actually I got a chance to go to Ballast Point. Oh really? How was that? It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was a new location, so it was like right on the ocean. Oh 
on it. It's beautiful, man. The beer is great, obviously. I'm a huge Ballast Point fan. That's probably one of my top five breweries in the country. Have you ever tried their grapefruit sculpin? I haven't. Is that is that is that a port? What kind of what kind of beer is that? It's a grapefruit IPA. That's a grapefruit IPA. Yeah. I haven't had that. I like that. And, uh, Bell's Brewing. Bell's, Bell's Brewing. You ever heard of them? Uh, I have not actually. So they've got a beer called Two Hearted. It's their Two Hearted IPA. Uh-huh. It is phenomenal. It's actually uh, it's like the beer that inspired our brewer. And I of course couldn't leave without tasting their Kolsch beer. And this is a this is your Carter Kolsch. Carter Kolsch. Named after Lake Carter, um, the people at the bar up there love me to refer to it as the Carter Lake beer. <laughs> I, I I can smell the the, the malt in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'll pick that up a little more. Like in the 1888, you got a little more grassy scent. Yeah. This one's a little more bready. Oh yeah. yeah if you I, get that. I can smell it. Oh wow, that's very yeah, that's very bready. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. No, but it's just that's more the style what's funny for like talking to Kelly about this Kolsch here like uh, when GABF and beer awards come up and stuff we talk about what beers to put in he never mentions this one we talk about it but he never does this one because he says for a Kolsch it has a little too much flavor oh really which for me is fairly neutral beer because I'm a big flavor guy so for me like that's as minimal flavors I'd like in a beer Thank you very much cool. again. Yeah, it was nice thank to meet you. you. Very nice to meet you. We'll, we'll be in touch for sure. Yeah. All in all, visiting Bertha Brewing was a fantastic experience. I highly recommend it if you're ever in Colorado and want an intimate brewery experience. Uh, you should definitely check them out. They have live music on the weekends and, of course, delicious brews. Thanks again to Jesse Summers for showing me around and letting me try their delicious beers. And thanks, of course, to the head brewer himself, Kelly Lynch, for enlightening me on the beer-making process. Check out birthedbrewing.com for more information, and be sure to follow me at Della Boots on Twitter, as well as Lucha Undead and the newly revived at StoryGerm podcast. We will see you next week.